It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. So take a seat at the table and join the conversation as we discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology and song selection. And now it's time for the show. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 221, the first of 2021 of Worship Ministry Catalyst. I'm Joe Brookhouse and our stalwart leader, Mr. David Lindner. Hello, sir. Playing it kind of fast and loose with a couple words there. <laughs> stalwart and leader. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm not even sure what stalwart means. Uh, yeah. I, I should probably look that up. It's just one of those like words I picked up from my dad, you know. Something that he would say when he was being facetious. Or I think something. it's like strong, unchanging. I'll look it up right now. Yeah, let's get loyal. Started. Oh yeah, loyal, reliable, and hardworking. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah. Sure. Then it's been a while. It's been about a month since uh, we had an episode. <laughs> yeah. um, you were up in the hills, and uh, uh, I took where some you time going? off. Yeah, which you deserve. Uh, you're. <laughs> You got a few. You're wearing a few hats. Just a couple. Yeah. So um, how are you? Well, pretty good. You know, it's it's a new year, and uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like a new year. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like the same year. Well, I, actually, I mean, we're 18 days in. Today's the 18th that we're recording this, uh, and it doesn't feel like a continuation. It does feel new, but uh, like it's a different year, but it doesn't feel new anymore. It feels like, oh, yeah, we're, right. we're in the midst of it now. Uh, are you drinking tea today or what are you? Just coffee. All right. I've got some tea. Cheers. Yes, I, I like tea. What kind of tea are you drinking? Uh, Good Earth. It's kind of a sweet cinnamony uh, tea, okay. and it's uh, real, um, real comfortable. That's about all I have to say all about right. that. Comfortable. <laughs> Yeah. I don't. I haven't heard anyone use that phrase to to describe well, a tea. So. Like chamomile, you know, relaxing. Um, right. It's a, it's a it's a non-caffeinated tea that's just makes you feel warm, like it's uh, like winter. It's a good winter tea. I guess that's warm what and I would fuzzy. Say. Yeah. Well, uh, I was gonna. Uh, I thought we might spend a couple minutes and kind of catch up. You know, yeah. I think. We did a, uh, you wrote and we acted, I suppose, voice acted in a uh, in a drama that you knocked out in a couple of weeks. And that was fun, man. That was fun. That was, that was, uh, haven't done anything like that really since uh, I've been at this church. So, um, which is, and next month will be eight years. So it's been a while since I've wow. done any kind of drama stuff, but. Yeah, last time would have been at Church of God, so with the singing Christmas tree. <laughs> so that's eight years. It's hard for me to believe that it's been that long because I remember when you made that transition, and yeah, that's that time goes much faster than we anticipate. Yes, doesn't it does. It? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. This is 2021, so this is the 13th. Becoming up. And May will be the thirteenth year of the podcast, so wow, 
That's, uh, you know, we started in 2008, May of 2008, I believe. I'm almost positive that was the year. So it's um, it's interesting when you look back that many years, and you go, you know, where podcasting was kind of this outlier hobby that right. people had. And by the way, I see my screen is bleeding over into your screen. So now I have to make that adjustment. It's going to bother me if I don't do that. I just lifted up my hand and my hand showed up on your side of the screen. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like an, this outlier hobby where, or a fringe hobby where you're like, Oh yeah. I remember telling people at church and I've been at this church for almost eight years. And I'm like, Oh, I do a podcast. And they're like, what? Uh, right. And now we have a podcast at church and right. <laughs> um, the, uh, it seems like everybody's got a podcast. Celebrities have podcasts. It's a, it's a thing that people do. Uh, and when people hear I have a podcast now, they go, oh, really? Like, big? that's a big deal. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's something that you and I have been doing apart and together for you know, I think I, my first podcasts were in 2009 when I was doing stuff with All About Worship and with the okay. Songwriters Cafe. So, boy. Yeah, long time. A lot of, wonder, a lot of water under that bridge now. Yeah, um. yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of things have changed and a lot of things <laughs> haven't changed. So congratulations to us for, for sticking yeah. out. I was, let me see, when I started podcasting, I was in my 30s. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I put it that way. I was in my 20s. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's a, that's a that's a long time ago. But, <laughs> you know, we uh and it's also it's interesting we kind of think think back, you know, especially on this podcast. It's been a lot of time for years and years really really kind of pushing the envelope, you know, trying to move things forward, so to speak. And if you probably if you go back and listen to the podcast um, I I would have probably been on the against and moving away from any kind of church drama, like do like doing a church drama or sure. theater or something yeah. like that, and and now here we are back you know <laughs> back where I'm thinking hey that's actually a pretty good idea we need to we need to venture into that a little bit more so everything comes full circle yeah it's a just it'll just come right back around when it's time. Uh, yeah, it'll just be a matter of years before you know all the big churches are doing dramas again. <laughs> liturgical dance is making a comeback, man. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, but you know, I I was curious if somebody wanted to go back. Speaking of drama, and and watch that or listen to that. Do you guys did you guys make that available? Is that something you could share in a link there? Yeah, it's on face on our Facebook page. I'll go find the link to it and post it in the comments here but yeah it was fun and you know i i don't i don't know that we would ever do a uh a full-on drama drama you know maybe maybe not but um we'd have to have a lot you know we'd have to have the the right really you know right people right actors really you know people who can it's one thing to voice act it's another thing entirely to to act right. and portray with your body and and uh, everything else i'm about to sneeze i apologize if i do that i'll mute you let me know when you're ready <laughs> so here's the uh 
here's the the link to that. Um, but but you know, audio drama. I still and I, I mentioned this on that night, but and I've mentioned this before. It's just it, it's a really it's a great way to put to to. I don't know. To almost, it's like an ownership kind of a thing where you're, you're giving the people who are listening to the story a higher level of ownership over the story because they're creating the setting and 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 the characters and what the characters look like in their own minds as opposed to you telling them what to do it. So they they're going to own those ideas a little bit more than if you're watching a movie or, or something like that. I would like to do a movies at some point in time too, but <laughs> no ambition and a musical. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but, uh, I, I remember listening um, as I grew up. You could still pick up radio dramas on the radio, um, and uh, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is one that comes to mind. That's how I first experienced that was as a radio mm. drama, and the uh, uh, and the um, the Lone Ranger. I would listen to reruns of the radio drama of that and I was just fascinated by that whole idea and um, and I do you know when I do audiobooks and things like that I recognize that people are in a position where they're using their imagination to to flush things out I think just like when you read uh, you're right you're projecting a, like well, that's not who I imagined that person was going to look like uh, <laughs> that's why it right it's not always as wonderful as you want it to be um, well, what else is new for you? What else is going on for 2021? This is my first day in the office, so really, I'm, yeah. Wow! All right. Yeah, the, the so whole we, year of the whole year so far. Well, I've, I've been here on Sundays, except for last Sunday we were on COVID watch. So, mm. um, but uh, so today I was literally putting things back in place from our audio drama. <laughs> Oh, wow. Getting things set back up <laughs> in my it's office. It's been almost a month. Wow. Yeah, it was a good three full weeks. So, um, we normally our our church shuts down the week between Christmas and New Year's, and then I took two weeks of vacation after that. So, and uh, try to make up make up some some of the family time that was lost this last year, and right. trying to work on some projects around the house. So. Right now, my oldest daughter's room is torn apart. All the drywall on the ceiling is off and insulating and running new wires and stuff like that. So not really worship material, worship podcast material, no. but that's what I'm in the middle of. That's what's new <laughs> for me right now. <laughs> well, and I mentioned the, the church podcast. Uh, we started a, a podcast for the church. Um, the, uh, Brian, um, pa uh, my pastor, who uh, was also in the church drama. Uh, right, yeah, and he did great. Yeah. Uh, so we started one called After Service. And so on Tuesday nights we record, and it goes up on Wednesday, and we're just talking about the sermon on Sunday and kind of exploring it a bit uh, in terms of here's what I got from it as I listened. Um what were you thinking about this? And it's kind of fun. So that's kind of the, one of the new things that I'm doing because I needed a, another podcast. You know? Right. Yeah. You don't have enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have room for three or four, three or four more, I think maybe. I mean, as, you know, as long as I can figure out a way to do it efficiently, that's the big thing. Yeah. When um, I, I used to spend so many hours per episode on frequency where editing and making sure that the ums and the, uh, the awkward, transitions and stuff were cleaned up that was really important to me 
and it does it's not that important to me right now it's right uh the idea that i can just be present that we can have a conversation and uh yeah and i as we were we were talking before we came on that frequency is, has been on a hiatus an extended hiatus a little over a year and uh, we're coming back uh we'll be kind of ramping things up for 2021 and we'll do some artist stuff and when that happens I'm not doing any editing. Uh, it's going to be a format like this and a little more freewheeling. Um, yeah. So that makes it easier. Well, let's, uh, while, while, I, while I blow my nose, maybe you can explain a little bit what frequency is. Because it's not a worship podcast. You know, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not about worship per se. You have had worship artists on there. But it, yeah. it's got a little bit different of a, of a mission and a, and a drive behind it, right? Yeah. Uh, you want me to mute you or you got that? Okay. No, uh, frequency, we've been around, um, gosh, I think about eight or nine years. And the idea behind it is that we are celebrating and featuring Christian artists, uh, regardless of uh, the medium in which they work. So we'll have, uh, we'll have songwriters, we'll have, uh, we've had poets, um, phys- you know, um, visual artists, photographers, um, authors, uh, pretty much anybody who is an artist uh, or is functioning in that way. Um, it's nice to be able to kind of bring folks in. We've even brought um, publicists in who work with writers and uh, musicians to talk about what their job is and to share some information that artists need to hear about about what they do. Um, so that's what we're about. Um, we've even gone, we've gone a bit into ministry stuff, uh, with Dan, Dan Thompson, who everybody here is probably familiar with to some extent, mm-hmm. cause we talk about him all the time. Uh, he's been on before. Right. Um, uh, in his role as a pastor over the past number of years, we've, you know, delved into some of the, some of those topics that, that impact that. And we've talked about mental health, which is something that's important to me. Uh, so, um, it's, Part of the reason it's called frequency, it's across the dial. We're going to talk about pretty much whatever we want to talk about, but it's got a Christian bent to it. Right. Yeah, so I'm excited for that to start back up. It'll be fun have you guys going again. Sorry for the sniffing. <laughs> if you go back and listen to all the old podcasts, I did that all the time, right right into the microphone, talking about raw, unedited <laughs> But uh, I remember our our house in Washougal, the, the previous owners had cats, and I didn't know I was allergic to cats until after we had moved into that house. Oh, my. And so I, I was just, you know, you know, stuffed up for years, literally years, while living in that house because we couldn't afford to replace the carpet. Um, but, yeah, and that's, and, you know, I think one of the things that, that we, that we're, leaning into a little bit more as a church is is art and you know we've for years i'd said we wanted to be a church a a church for the arts you know and, you know more more arts friendly church and and doing what it doing things that not only encourage people to do it but support and rally behind and giving whatever platform we have to people uh to to I mean, it would be vetted out. I mean, we're not just going to put everyone, anyone and everyone up there, but giving, giving appropriate opportunities to artists uh, in our congregation to share and use their art. Um, but we haven't really, for several years, 
done much in that. You know, we just kind of, we said it for a long time, but we weren't really strategic in trying to create a church that, that supported that. And now we're kind of getting back into that. And part of that, I think just like we, you know, with what we did at, at Christmas is just doing things, trying new things, creative things, outside the box ideas that make it clear to people in the church that we're open to doing this kind of stuff. You know, we're open to trying new things. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't work like we wanted it to work, then we learn something in, in the process of doing it. But um, yeah, I, th- I think there's just, there's been a lot of, um, and they're kind of swinging back, I think, as the church. But, you know, it's there, for years there was just kind of a, only, only certain, only very talented artisty, creative kind of people. There was a very small percentage of the artists in any church that were really allowed to express their art. You had to be the best of the best of the best. And then, and then it had to all be run through the filter, you know, through the senior pastor, and 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 he may or may not, you know, approve it, or you know, there, right. there was just it was a very limited amount of people that were allowed to participate, and I feel like we're starting to see it go back the other way, and I think it needs to keep going back the other way, where where more of the church is encouraged, and equipped and trained up to to be artists. You know, uh, we did I, that. I did that interview with Ian right before Christmas, and. One of the things we were talking about was, you know, um, churches had, uh, for for years and years, churches were as as much equippers, especially musically, uh, of of young of young students from you know, especially the bigger the bigger more high church churches from first grade all the way through twelfth grade, they had a graded music program that trained up musicians as they went through the church and then. When they graduated and became young adults, then they already had trained musicians ready to right. uh, put a in the music. And, yeah, yeah, and we don't do that anymore. There's nothing like that at almost any church that I know of. Well, I have um, a pretty strong opinion on that stuff. Uh, in that, uh, and it's part of the you know where why frequency exists is that there's been a, a deterioration of quality that has resulted from a lack of mentoring, a lack of inspiration and a lack of space to be inspired and to create where, you know, specifically when we look at things like music and um, in movies and television and that stuff, it's very derivative. Uh, It's 10 years behind what we see in the secular stream where Mm -hmm. um, the Christian arts were for, for thousand years, were the leading edge of of art, right? And and, and they there. were and and they were the they were the leading. The church led the culture because they they were they led the arts, right? Right. The 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 ability to influence because of art was uh, was enormous. And uh, I, you know, again, I feel very passionately about this. It's something that I don't know what the path is to to change that but i think part of it is is internal culture uh within the church mm-hmm. to um to recognize that their ability to influence people in many ways starts with uh drawing people in through art and if you are um if you're innovative with a creative god that we have innovation right. has no limits that we we can reach people uh, in so many different ways 
And I, and I look at the pandemic as an example of that. The constraints put on us by the pandemic, and we've talked about this, mean that we've had to be more creative in using the resources that we have, and we've created some amazing things because of that. Right. Yeah, consequently, that's that's what my little ebook, uh, The Creation Emancipation, is about. It's available on Amazon, by the way, I think for a dollar or something like that. Link to it. If you want to go check it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... I, I I totally agree. I theologically agree. You know, we're we're created in God's image, which makes us creators because we are we are in the image of God who created the heavens and the earth and used incredible creativity in all of it. And we're made in his image and you know, part of what we're supposed to reproduce in, in the world is his image. And that's not just people. You know that is, that is that is our good deeds, as Jesus talks about it in Matthew chapter five. But it's you know it's just it's also who we are, and uh, the in the likeness of God, and that's you know creativity, and that's one of the reasons I've been so passionate about it. And but at the same time, it's it's hard. Um, it's hard to do. It's not a simple thing. It's hard to do as a church. It's hard. Like you have to put a lot of effort into it. If you if you want to create a culture that that equips and mentors and trains artists, it doesn't just happen uh you know by hoping that you know you don't just say, well we're a church for the arts and, and hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, that, that creates a, a culture of <laughs> of of artists and supporting and raising up artists. Like it it takes it takes a significant amount of work. I mean you talk about the graded just the graded music programs churches have, you're talking about you know, tons of volunteers that, that went into that on a, on a weekly basis, putting the putting those kinds of things together, and um, and that's just not been some just like the just like the arts in the schools, you know, got cut when they started having budget problems. Arts in the churches get get cut when you have volunteer problems and you start <laughs> right. hacking those things away. Yeah, uh, I, we've been talking a lot at our church about the difference between resolving to do something and then actually having a plan and executing upon that. Um, and we, I, uh, one um, young woman at our church admonished us for our resolve with no action. You know, the idea that, sure, that sounds great that you guys want to do that. Who's going to do it and how are you going to carry it out? Don't, you know, right. otherwise you're, you're, it's lip service and this falls apart very quickly. And, right. and I definitely agree that we, we, we do have to make a decision, uh, not just this is what we're going to do, but this is how we're going to carry it out. Uh, and uh, have champions uh, to to um, uh, to make that occur, you know. Right. So that's a, that's some of what we've been talking around our church a little bit, and even we've got a guy here who uh, does music lessons two or three days a week, and I've been talking with him. He used to be a worship pastor at a church here in town, and um, you know what would it what would it look like if if I mean. As a church, we can't pay people to to teach music, but there are probably things we can do because we have a building, we have a facility that could be used. It's empty most of the week. Are there ways we can partner with you and other music and arts teachers in the community to use mm-hmm. our space and and start to gather gather musicians and artists here uh, on a regular basis, and then and then maybe we can partner with those artists to do art. Um, at a church level and start to start to you know build 
relationships and and uh, and recruit and and draw people into the yeah. church that way. So that's some of our our discussion right now that we're having. That's wonderful. I think I think our real estate is one of our most effective means of outreach and maybe one of the most underutilized. Uh, and I mean, when I say we, it, I mean a, across the church. There is a, a church up the hill from us, Willamette Christian, which is a pretty good-sized congregation. And one mm-hmm. of the reasons that they grew so quickly is they started with a community. You know, they went from like 150 people to 4,000, I mean to 400 people and then to like 3,000 people in the span of like six years. Uh, right. And a lot of that was, um, you know, they saved their money and they built a building. And then they said, hey, this is open for, here's open gym time. Um you guys can you can book an off you know, these rooms that they had set up. Uh, so and there were materials in there and uh, and the idea that uh, well like our church um, there uh, at least before the pandemic there was a music school that would that rented out the space um, the uh, and they would do singing lessons and and teach you know kids solfege and stuff like that. Um, the idea that you, the, that facility becomes a resource to the community, um, people are connecting with you beyond a Sunday morning uh, sermon. Right. So, anyway, that's that wasn't really what we were going to talk about today. Well, I know. Ironically. We were, we've been on for almost <laughs> – I know this is a topic that we had discussed wanting to right. discuss. So, uh, we, I think we – we go with it, man. We go with it. We're half hour in. I, I think uh, the the irony was the topic we had discussed discussing was right. distraction. Distraction. Yep. So uh, I think we'll set that aside. I'll put that on our list for, for a future one. Um, we can keep talking about art if you'd like to, or do you feel like we've run the course on it? No, there's plenty plenty I got to say about that. Um, so, yeah, I... I uh, I mean, I, I would really, uh, one of the things that I would love to see happen with Worship Ministry Catalyst, this was always the dream, was was that it would become more of a platform for artists, Christian artists. <laughs> Sorry, my wife Hello? slammed the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, and and we've done that a couple of times over the years, you know, we had... We had some artists who would would send in their music. Part of part of where it was challenging was we didn't want to just you know we we played a few of them on the podcast over the years, but we didn't want to just play anyone. We wanted it to be uh, some somewhat uh, substantive or you know have a, a certain level of quality to it. Yeah. Um. But but one of the things that that I was reminded of this year uh, working with Ian. Is is how hard it is for an artist, an, an independent artist, to to get even to, to just get word out about right. their art, right? I mean, Ian, really talented guy, uh, spent a lot of time putting together that that piano Christmas album, and all. Oh, but the only real channel he has is his own Facebook page and email list, whatever that is, right? Uh, to to get word out about it. Um, so, uh, you know, without, without some kind of, a, a publicist or, or someone or some platform or something to, to support a guy like that, you're just, you're, I mean, you, 
it's hard to even get a return. Like it's it's hard to even break even on a project like that. Um, and so one of the things I'd, I'd love to figure out would be how how we can help get word out about you know artists, Christian artists, especially uh, you know those who are who are doing something that's kind of next level or, or at least above above par in the church. You know, that's oh. one of the ironic things about the the artist art, the artist landscape, and I would say particularly in books and uh, music, is that the role of the label has changed. The role of the publicist, in many ways, has changed. Um, there's an expectation that when you're signed, in fact, uh, before they uh, will sign you that you already have a following. You already have established, right. as you know, the book that you recommended to me, Platform by Michael Hyatt, mm-hmm. that you've already established your platform. They're not going to do the marketing for you that um, they may have done previously. Uh, and so there's an expectation. You're going to come in. You, you've already established that. You've already done your networking. People know who you are. You're doing a lot of that hard work before ever connecting. So uh, when you get signed, rather than, hey, I've made it, it's like you've almost made it on, on your own. And then they can help you hit some areas that you might not otherwise hit or give you um, some validity or whatever that you didn't have. Oh, you're signed to a label. Okay, so you're legit. Right. And I think that we've even seen that that legitimacy of being signed to a label is um, kind of uh, diminished that uh, I'm not, I don't think about artists, oh, they're signed to that label. You know, this is kind of a strange thing to say, but I, I remember Barry Manilow was always on Arista, you know, and uh, the, the Bee Gees were on uh, EMG or whatever. You know, the, you, you knew what, I don't know why I went to the 70s, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> but you, you you knew, you know, generally, right. okay, you're on a label, and now it's just like, you know, the people that I like best really have nothing to do with a label. It's the fact that I hear it, and I go, oh, that's really, that's, that's really good. Um, right. Uh, and uh, you have to get out in, in different ways. You have to learn what the platforms for discovery are. Uh, and... I think it's not an unhealthy thing. It's just that the learning curve is steep and it takes a level of discipline that as artists, we're not real strong on that. You know, um, Paul Balash, for example, does not like promoting his stuff, right? He's embarrassed by it. I'm very, you know, I'm the same way. Like, if I have to tell you about it, then it's probably not worth sharing. <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at. But um, that's something that we have to get better at. That, yeah, you create this thing, and then you have to rebuild, you kind of ramp up that enthusiasm again to share it with folks. And when it's six months later, after you've created it, and your enthusiasm has kind of waned, then you have to figure out a way to build back up. It's real hard, Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I agree. Um, at the same time, I think there's I think there's some differences uh, today from even just two or three years ago. Probably, yeah. Where um, you know, 
like you know worship ministry catalyst for example we were we were one of the first podcasts which made it easier to to get an audience right for worship for a worship ministry podcast you know and and even even now even though we've been established for a long time having a hard time you know kind of really accelerating back into maybe where we were uh, six or seven years ago, uh, mm-hmm. because there are so many podcasts, right? I mean, there are just a ridiculous number of podcasts out there, and, and there's a lot of really good ones, a lot right. of really good, well-produced pro- podcasts. You know, like, you know, a lot of the podcasts people are listening to are so produced. I feel overproduced, um, but they're good. Yeah. You know, they're they're really good, uh, but they're they're backed by people who have money to pay people lots of money. To make it really good, like uh, there's this one I listened to for quite a while called Choiceology, um, which was about how people make decisions and and some of the psychology behind that. But it was backed by Les Schwab, right? And and they were getting you know trying to get people to break you know to not worry so much about the decisions to invest and that kind of a thing. And so of course they have you know tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to spend on a podcast like that to produce it. Um, Podcasts like Serial and um, some of the others that have been really popular, also you know really well produced, but they're paying lots of money to produce those. So you know, so where it used to be easy to do kind of a an, an average standard level production podcast and and get your voice out there, now uh, you know it's it's really hard if you don't have something that kind of either catches people's attention through the production, a really well-produced podcast, or the content is has to be off the charts, you know, engaging to really right. to catch people. Super compelling. Uh, right. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, and that's where the barriers to entry, uh, well, it's like when the barriers to entry to creating music, you know, if you got a laptop, a decent interface, and a good, a decent microphone, you can create music, you know, Billie Eilish, you know, that was basically, that's how they did it, you know? Right. Uh, and so you, so the, the barriers to entry in that regard have gotten so low that in order to stand out, you know, it's, uh, it's the lottery. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, you know, when I talk to people, when I work with uh, narrators for audiobooks, the, I'm telling them, you can have talent. You can have your technology. You can do the hard work, and then there's luck. You know mm-hmm. that. You, but you have to take care of those first three things. You know you've got to take care of the practical pieces, right? Otherwise, you're not in a position for luck to come into play. Because if everything falls into place in ter- from a luck perspective, but your quality is terrible, um, then you missed your shot. You have you're basically putting yourself in a position to to um, when your opportunity comes to do it uh, to that you're already ready and and I I think a lot of it is kind of like we're we're not doing this to get compensated we don't do this podcast for that reason we right. have other motivations um, and I think that helps that when you're passionate about it and you're not you're not dependent upon it. Uh, for you know your financial stability, that uh, you've got a little more freedom. Um, it also means that there's not an urgency. So there's a <laughs> there's a balance there. <laughs> if, right. If it's not urgent, then it it uh, it can languish. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, we should do a podcast about that sometime about about uh, discipline, the role of role of discipline and diligence in creating art. That would be a good a good episode. I'll, let me. I'll make a note about it, <laughs> just so we don't forget it. Um, yeah, I think that's you know structure. discipline, diligence, and deadlines. That's what, there you go. <laughs> yeah, because you got to have those three. Otherwise, you never you never publish anything according to uh, was that a cuff a cuff or no a cuff is ship. He says ship. You got to ship it. Um, I think I think Jeff Goins is the writing guy, and I think he's about pub- he says publish it. You got to publish it. It's never going to be perfect, but um, but yeah, you know. So yeah, I, I don't want to like I don't want to do away with the uh, the requirement on an artist to create a platform because I think you learn important things there, um, and and you know and like you were saying the the, the diligence and the discipline of you know building building a, a listener base a fan base whatever you want to call it really important things, but at the same time I want to figure out a way to help kind of balance the playing level of playing field just a little bit so that there when when there are really really talented hardworking artists right. that just aren't getting heard or there are like my son is uh my oldest son is a drawer and and learning animation and that kind of thing and he's done some lego animation stop motion animation stuff over the years and really talented and um, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about for years is like, how do I like? I want to help. I want to build a platform so I can help him. <laughs> you know, like Absolutely. I want I want to help him with his art because that's what he wants to do for a career. It's like, how can I help my son when it's time and when he's ready and he's at a level that that's uh, that's marketable, so to speak? How can I? What can I do as a father to have created you know some kind of a platform that he can? you know, succeed, not even, not even just be, not even be famous, but make a living, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, I, I watched an interview yesterday with Vince Gill. It's an older interview. Um, somebody said, well, how did you know when you made it? And he said, I could pay my rent. Right. That, <laughs> that the bar was, yeah. And, and I, to me, that's kind of where the bar is. My wife uh, studied uh, musical theater and dance in college and she knew that she had made it when she supported herself for two years just with musical theater and dance, you know, and at that point she moved, you know, her body was already breaking down and had to move on to other things. Uh, when I was studying theater, I didn't think about it that way. You know, it was, you know, there was a, a place you wanted to get and there was money involved and renown and stuff. And I didn't realize that a lot of it is what can you do so that you can get, you can support yourself and still do what you're passionate about. I, I wrote an article for Frequency that I've never published called, um, oh no, I, if I can remember it, uh, Don't Quit Your Day Job. Uh, and, and it was really, and I, I never published it, but it really the argument was, if you really want freedom as an artist, find something that you can tolerate that pays your bills that doesn't suck, you know, the the soul out of you so that you have the financial stability to pursue what you love in your free time. At some point you make a transition to go, you know, where you can let that stable job go for the sake of the, hopefully the newfound stability as an artist. uh, I never published it and I, and I don't quite believe it, which is why it never got published. 
Um, is your, are you muted? Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Sorry. That's right. Um, yeah, and uh, let's see. Uh, John Acuff, he kind of, well, he he wrote a book called Quitter, and part of the impetus, the the part of the, the impetus of the book was was quitting at some point, quitting, but also not quitting, you know, prematurely. You know, he he wasn't right. advocating just quit and pursue your dream, but but working to a point where you could quit and and live off of your dream. But at some point, he said, at some point, you do have to quit and 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 uh, and go for it, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I would say it depends. Um, yeah, um, because I've never, I've never been able to support myself off of art. Off of art, the closest we came to really making an impact on our family, our family's bottom line, was with photography. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that was was ridiculously challenging. And and ironically, it wasn't. It was. We got. We started. We probably could have made more of a living off of it a couple of years. You know, the couple of years after we quit, because I, when I became the full time pastor here, we stopped doing photography, and but that was when we had been in in the market long enough that people were starting to recognize <laughs> our work. You know, and so we, yeah, and so. But it, I mean, it took us. I would say, I don't know, five or six years to to get to the point where people were were tracking us down and. Um, and that's for something that's highly a highly marketable commodity, like photo- you know, portraits and weddings and, and that kind of a thing. Right, right. Where that's that's something another family needs for themselves, and they go out looking for it. Whereas your music or your art is not that. Like, I mean, no one's going out looking for uh, music by an artist because they need you know their family needs an, an album to listen to right now. Right. <laughs> right. That's not how right. that works. So. Um, it's 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 challenging, and I don't know what the answer is other than uh, building a platform to help with that. And, and uh, you know, but that even that takes time. <laughs> right. Well, I think I think we've got some things to think about for 2021. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a great conversation for th- 2021. That there are challenges ahead. That. Um, like we said earlier, resolve is a big piece of that. So if Worship Ministry Catalyst is going to be a platform, we have to have a plan for that. Uh, folks who are right. listening, if you have thoughts about that, let us know. We have got a few emails in from um, from artists who are interested in having conversations. So maybe it means that we'll provide a platform via that like we did with Ian. Uh, yeah, well, it's something uh, I think we'll have to think about. Yeah. And, uh, but I, yeah, there's a great opportunity in the church, I think, to right now. It's it's never been there's never been probably a better time to to get behind the arts and and really and really support it. I mean, like you said, the barriers to entry to creating art are probably the lowest they've ever been. It's easier to make good, high quality art now than ever. Right. And so uh, there's a you know. Before, like you know, if, if a church wanted to do an animated short of some kind, it would be nearly impossible. But you could do that now, without without you know having to spend tens of thousands of dollars on the equipment to do that. Right. Yeah. And so it's a great opportunity to to get behind it. Um, but we also we it's also coming on the heels of of kind of pushing most of the creativity 
um, to only paid people in the church and not really supporting a culture of arts in the church anymore. So we've got to kind of correct that, I think, a little bit. But yeah. That's all I'll say about that. We, we, we won't be able to do that ourselves, but we can probably help a little bit. Yeah. Well, we are 45 minutes in, and the reason I say that isn't because I don't want to keep talking, but because I know my wife has just started a session upstairs, and we're going to lose bandwidth. <laughs> we've already lost some bandwidth. So, um, uh, But I think that's a good place to stop. We can. I made yeah. a note that we're going to talk about discipline, uh, another note that we're going to talk about um, distractions uh, yeah. in future episodes. <laughs> So, uh, no, this is good. Any Anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up today, sir? I don't think so. You? It's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, God bless everybody. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. We'll see you in February. Yeah. Take care. Take care. Thanks for joining us once again on the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. And make sure to add your voice to the conversation. You can find us at twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. On Facebook at facebook.com slash worship ministry catalyst. Or head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop us a note.